Hi, my name is Derek Schneider, and I own Visiting Angels in Wichita Falls, Texas, and Lawton, Oklahoma. This podcast is called Addressing the Elephant because I believe it is better to be proactive rather than reactive when it comes to aging well. So each episode, I'll invite someone that has a ton of experience about an issue or topic that relates to elder care, which is a topic that if you live long enough, we'll all have to face. I hope you really enjoy. I wish I found you a long time ago. We could have taken it easy, could have taken it slow. And passed our old lives like a sweet summer day, like waves on the water watching time. All right, we are addressing the elephant, and today we are with Intrepid Home Health, and I'm with three lovely ladies. Will you guys introduce yourself? Sure. Uh, my name's Rhonda Schreiber. I'm the administrator at Intrepid Home Health. I've been a registered nurse going on 27 years now. Um, graduated MSU, um, and I went into home health soon after. Um, I started with Intrepid um, about 16 years ago. Wow. Uh, about 13 years ago, I became the administrator, so cool. of which I am still in that role. Yeah. And I really enjoy it. Um, awesome. I've had other things I've done uh, in the community um, as far as school nursing. Oh, wow. Um, I was one of a few RNs over the Wichita Falls ISD for a few years. Oh, cool. Um, of course, the hospital. But... Home health has been my passion, and I've left and actually come back to it, and here I stay. So I'll give you a bit of a background about Intrepid and then move on to the other lovely ladies here that work for us. Cool. Um, but Intrepid Home Health, uh, we go back many, many years as far as our licensure, okay. back into the 80s even. Uh-huh. Uh, sadly, we were sold, bought, sold, bought, had a lot of problems with getting our name out there, people really understanding who we were. Uh, in, a, in about 2005, we became Intrepid, yeah. and that has been a godsend. We've been able to brand ourselves in the community. Yeah, I have people, myself included, that have been with the company ever since we became Intrepid and before. Right. So some RNs and, and office staff, 23-plus years. Wow. So we're very grateful for yeah. that. Um, and so I'll turn this over to our other two lovely ladies. Perfect. Uh, I'm Gretchen Bates. I'm the account executive for Intrepid Home Health. Uh, so basically, I do all the marketing. Okay. So I really, like everybody says, has the fun, I have the fun job where I get to run around and visit with everybody and do fun things. Um, I have been in the medical field for years, but in a different uh, role. I marketed for actually for a substance abuse facility for oh. years. And then I switched and came over here. I've been with Intrepid for three years. So that has been very rewarding because it's a little bit different, a little bit easier to market than the substance abuse field, as you can imagine. Sure. But um, I've really enjoyed doing this. Kind of keep to the, some of the same contacts, though, as far as physicians and that kind of stuff. So that has been really easy. Um, lucky for myself, I think, because... Intrepid is easy to sell because yeah. of the reasons like Rhonda stated. Right. So many of the people have been there, the nurses, the staff for so long. The continuity of care is easy to sell, to sell for us because yeah. everybody knows them and right. they have for years. So I've been fortunate to join the team and have really enjoyed it. Awesome. Okay. Hello, I'm Shannon Porter. I'm a physical therapist. I graduated from Texas Tech University Health Sciences Center in Lubbock. Um, I've been living in Wichita Falls ever since graduation. 
I've been with Intrepid for just over 12 years now. Oh, wow. Uh, I also have experience in inpatient rehab, outpatient clinics, skilled nursing facilities. So I've seen a lot over the years, um, but I really enjoy working for Rhonda at Intrepid. That's awesome. Okay, so kind of um, what we thought would be a really fun idea is to kind of, uh, I've done, this is like our 11th episode uh, of dressing the elephant and kind of the whole idea here is to talk about things that um, no one talks about until it happens. And so if we could educate some some folks about um, things to get prepared for, um, maybe that can be helpful in, in some manner. So um, I thought, man, could we have a, just an introduction to what home health is? Um, so kind of that first question is, what what in the world is home health? Absolutely. And I completely agree with people being educated, knowledgeable to getting older, mm. what's going to happen, you know, moms, dads, you know, it's not just yourself. Um, knowing these answers before it happens, that is just the key. If you can, we mm. can't all be that blessed to be able to, you know, be, have the time to do that right. and it not be just dropped on us. Right. But when you, when you can be educated, that is the key. Um, home health, what we provide is a Medicare-funded service. Um, and when I say Medicare, I'm going to say traditional Medicare. There are the Advantage plans, and I want that to be very clear for the, the listeners that yep. they are a little bit different. They do require, um, you know, they do require that authorization and certain things a little bit different than Medicare traditional. Yep. So that is something I just want everyone to know. Um, but as far as home health in general, you're basically going to have the people that come to you in the facilities coming to your home. Yep. And this is a nurse, this is therapy, and this can be social work. Mm -hmm. And it also can be bathing assistance, which is your home health aides. Okay. Um, it is not an hourly service. Yep. We are not custodial. Right. That is when uh, agencies such as yours come into play. We sure. work together. Yep. Um, but we provide those skilled need needed services okay. such as a nurse coming out, right. whether it's to teach you on a disease process, mm -hmm. um, diabetes, congestive heart failure, um, whether it is wound care. So okay. we're going to provide wound care services, um, IV services. So the things that we can provide at the house versus you needing to be able to, or have to stay into a facility. Okay. And um, that is a big big thing yeah. that is our focus for home health yeah. is to bring those few things to you yep. so that you can stay at home okay so i'll back up just a little bit on mm -hmm. something you said you said you know traditional medicare yes. so you know um i know but maybe our listeners don't know how does one even get medicare right medicare is um, basically you're either dis disability, okay. um, and this is obviously from us working, yep. um, but we all will be able to get it at age 65. Okay. And this is, I call it the red, white, and blue card. Okay. It's yep. your Medicare part A, part B. Yep. Uh, it covers your medical services in and out of facilities. So hospitals and doctors. So yeah. all of that and, and 
it goes on and on. But that is um, a benefit that we should all have. Yep. Anyone that has worked right. uh, will get that benefit. So, and our part would be covered at 100% if you have the traditional Medicare. Okay, got so it. You don't pay anything for our service as far as the nursing and everything goes right. with the traditional Medicare. Got yes. it. Okay. Okay. So then you you kind of mentioned some diseases and different things like that. And so, so okay, let's say my, you know, you know, give, I'm kind of thinking off the top of my head, an example maybe um, is somebody has COPD. Okay. What needs to happen in order for that person to get home health? Great question. Okay. So a lot of myths is, are that they have to be in a facility okay. or have been in the hospital. That's not true. Okay. It is, it does qualify you, but it's not completely the only thing. Okay. So basically you have COPD. It's either maybe a new diagnosis or you've had it for okay. a while Great. and you're just having more problems. You're having more issues with your breathing. You're having more issues with your oxygen, with your medications. You're seeming to go to the doctor more often. Um, this is what we call an exacerbation. Okay. And so it's maybe not a new diagnosis, but mm -hmm. it's an exacerbation. And this right. could be the same with diabetes or heart failure or hypertension or right. any of those type of disease processes. And so basically when you're seeing a doctor for this or you're just needing more care, you're having more questions, you're yep. not able to manage the disease process in okay. your home, on your own. That is the number one thought that you need to have is, hey, maybe I need home health. I Got need it. the nurses to come to me. Um, and at that point, you know, there's only three qualifications really under Medicare home health. Okay. We need to have an ordering physician. Okay. And you need to have seen that physician within the last 90 days. Got it. Of the beginning of, of home health or within the next 30. Okay. So there's times where the doctor knows you're having problems, but they haven't seen you, say, for four months. Mm -hmm. So they're going to go ahead and make you an appointment, and possibly it's going to be two or three weeks from now, but they know you're having problems. So they're going to go ahead and say, yes, you can go out and see this patient. Gotcha. And that is still the number one qualifying of Medicare. Okay, so... So repeat those. Let's say so. The qualifications are the the patient has to have seen the doctor within ninety days prior prior to uh, start of care. Yes, to my our very first day of service. Mission day. Or they're going to be seeing the doctor within thirty thirty days. Mm -hmm. Okay, and it has to be ordered by you said a. It can ordering be doctor? An ordering. Most of the time, they're your primary care doctors. Okay. Um, however, we have a lot from orthopedic doctors, okay. neurologists. Uh, so a lot of your specialists will also order this due to the disease process. Gotcha. Um, if it's Parkinson's, it might be a neurologist Understood. that is ordering it. Okay. Uh, so yes, um, and that is the that's one out of the three qualifications. Is there something specific that makes a physician an ordering physician? Not really. Okay. Uh, what it amounts to is they just have to be an MD or DO mm -hmm. um, in the state of Texas, and um, a nurse practitioner, a PA, any of those type um, of disciplines that work inside of these offices under these physicians yeah. they can actually provide the visit 
They can they can complete the visit. Okay. It doesn't have to be the actual physician. Got it. So what? But on our end, and this really isn't something that our patients have to worry about. Sure. We have to have our orders signed by the actual physician that is over that nurse practitioner or PA. Right. Which there's always one. I mean, right. that's that's so it, that's just a it's logistical co-sign. part of it in the back end. You know, so, so they, so somebody, how does that, like that communication happen? So, you know, um, person has COPD, how does, you know, cause it just seems to be in, you know, in, in our mind, in my mind that I'm just trying to be elementary here is COPD person goes to doctor. Does the doctor just all doctors just know about home health? Oh, that's a good question. And I might let Gretchen take okay. that one over because uh, the answer is no. <laughs> but just like this podcast, yep. that is where Gretchen comes into sure. play. So I'll okay. let her speak on that. Right. So it's basically my responsibility, which all of us do very right, well. Right. But we just make sure that the physicians know. Yeah. what we offer mm-hmm. and what we can do to help the patients. So even if they come in with COPD or the flu and they just see that it's taxing for them to get to their office and they're like, okay, we've noticed a little decline in some of the things from the last visit to today, or there's an upcoming surgery that they're about to have or something. And the physician is like, they're going to need a little bit of help, even if it's with a bath after they've had things done or yeah. they're messing up their medications or different things like that, where they think that it would benefit the patient to have us come in and kind of educate them on different issues of what we can do to keep them safely in the home as right. long as possible, which is our most important goal, and to not have them rehospitalized. You know, of course, if they right. just come out of the hospital, we want to make sure we do everything we can do to to catch different symptoms that if they were home alone, they wouldn't sure. they wouldn't know to look for. So it seems to be this kind of in my mind, kind of a kind of a catch twenty two too, in that they have to go to a doctor or have to have seen to a doctor, but maybe not able to see a doctor because of their limitations are y'all able to like take them to a doctor's appointment can y'all take them no unfortunately not but okay. that is where you know we provide the you know the resources right sure uh, we give out I, I i can't express to you that the calls that i get almost on a daily basis right. just people that don't know and luckily they might see our commercial or sure. you, you, to pick up the phone and it might be something like that, and right. they don't even end up getting home health or right. needing home health, but giving them those tools of the private pay services, sure, sure, you know, Star Transport. There's a lot of things. Um, you know, we need to look at their financials. Yep. If they have Medicaid, those things can help pay for transportation. Yep. But we can't transport. Gotcha. Okay. Okay. Um, is there? Um, okay. Makes sense. Mm-hmm. Okay. And Makes a lot sense. of times, Derek, when we visit with them, they'll yep. say, I haven't been to my family doctor in a while. But, you know, when I just recently had this surgery or whatever, and then that physician, we're like, okay, okay. wait a minute, let's go that route. Or so you what can if do they, that also. Or what if they went to the ER? What would that look like? The hospital usually will schedule them a follow-up with their physician gotcha. when they discharge, okay, but which is may- helpful for us. But they still have to find the means of transportation, like but, you said. But maybe not, like if they, let's say they had an exasperation, they, and we're talking specifically now COPD, right? But like, I know there's millions of other examples mm-hmm, sure but they have something that happens whatever that is maybe they fell and they go to in the ambulance to the er mm-hmm. and they a physician sees them and they're okay seems like you you know get a bruised hip or whatever it is that they can't order it mm-hmm. well in that instance what would happen mm-hmm. is we will get that documentation yep. and that's a very good 
question because it is a it there there are ways okay around it so in that instance which is great to use those examples the physician mm-hmm. at the er okay. will have a discharge summary they'll have documentation that will show those diagnosis and the, the certain items that we need we can actually use that documentation okay as the qualifying visit oh okay so it basically will replace a visit to a primary physician got it but Remember that the the orders for the actual home health service would still be through their main doctor. So their main doctor would have to agree to it. Okay. And to agree not to see them also. And continue signing uh, the orders. But a lo- usually, and now I'm going to say definitely over the last, and we've all seen it that have been in the community, with the continuity between the hospital and your outside physicians okay. and your primary doctors, that is not uh, near as difficult right. as it used to be. Sometimes all we need to do is maybe gr- get the paperwork and send it to that primary doctor that we receive from the ER okay. and then look it over. Um, and then absolutely, that can that can negate the need for that actual physical visit in the doctor's office. Okay. Okay, so then they get this order. So then you guys come up with... And, you know, and I kind of knew these words, but I'm a, a care plan of some sort, right? Mm-hmm. So what does that care plan look like? And I know that's like, oh, well, everyone's different. On an individual basis. Yes. But, but kind of speak okay. upon that. In, in a, from a medical, a Medicare standpoint, yeah. um, there's 60 day periods at a time. Okay. Um, so every time that we admit a patient, there's an automatic 60 day episode. Okay. That we, we call it an episode. So for 60 days, we've signed them on. Um, and at that time, the RN will go out and do the admission. Okay. And that is the person who will determine, are we going to need physical therapy, occupational therapy, speech therapy, um, bathing assistance with the home mm-hmm. health aid. Sometimes they've had a lot of questions that our RN just can't answer regarding community resources. So we may need to get our MSW, our our social worker, to go out and visit the patient, give them resources and help them. Um, But after that, um, the nurse will set up the nursing plan and then the therapy. So let's just say, um, let's, you know, somebody has a fracture, Okay. okay, and they have come out of the ER. We go to admit. The nursing will look at all the other comorbid, or we call the comorbid. That's a big word. But these are your diseases that you just pretty well are going to have for life. So if you're diabetic, you're always going to be diabetic. I think of that as like a chronic. Chronic is a good word. Okay. Yes. So so the nurse looks at all of that okay. because we care not just for the fracture, but we care if you're diabetic and all those things. So yeah. we're going to look at all of it as a whole. Okay. And, and, and that, so the, a fracture, I mean, let's, let's speak about, let's speak about that. Cause this seems to be, this is a, a clean episode mm-hmm. and, and then, and it's a 60 day sort of thing and there's a certification. So what does that look like? And is it always just 60 days? Okay. We're done. Mm-hmm. Tell That's me about that. Good. That's a good question. Okay. So at 60 days, actually about day 55, yep. uh, we look at recertification we usually have, well, we know by then, we have um, conferences in our office mm-hmm. a couple of weeks prior to the end of that time. 
so that we can all talk about this patient and see what we're doing, who's continuing, who's not, who's met their goals or met what their outcomes were to be. They're happy. The patient is doing great. So at that time, we might recertify for another episode. Okay. Tell me about what are, what are these goals? Yes. Okay. Well, for nursing, and then I'll let maybe Shannon talk a little bit about the therapy, but for nursing, um, our goals are going to be, and I'll keep it simple, um, for congestive heart failure. Okay. Uh, we want to make sure that the patient first and foremost understands why they take these medications for congestive heart failure. What do they do? Why are they needed? Um, what is congestive heart failure? You know, just from a simple diagram of yeah. a heart, you know, what is it? Why is it doing this to yeah. me? Um, we teach them to weigh. We teach just little management things in their home. We even will provide a scale because it is so very important that they weigh every day, the same time, the same place. Mm. You know, that is a first easy way to know if you're getting into trouble is you start retaining that fluid and you don't feel it. You don't know it. You're not short of breath. Your Mm. pants aren't too tight yet, but you've gained a, you've gained a pound or two overnight. Mm. And you really don't notice it until you stand on the scale. So there's a lot of little things there. Um, and that's all what our plan of care, that's going to be our outcomes. Basically, we are measuring as we go along that the patient is understanding what we're teaching them and they're doing it. Mm. So they're keeping that log. Every time we go back a couple days later, they've kept their weight log. They've done real well. You know, they're keeping up with everything. They're taking their medicines at the correct time. They're having some great feedback questions. Mm. Uh, Those are our outcomes. We measure them. So, you know, once they're doing their weight every day, they're on the scale, they've got their log, they're keeping it. We kind of just check mark that, you know. Okay, we're done with that one small goal that we had okay. set out for you. Even though there's 30 of them, yeah. we check that one off the box. Okay. So, and the same thing with therapy. I might let her talk to, you know, let Shannon kind of discuss. They do the same thing on the therapy aspect okay. of, of when they come in to a patient like that. Yeah. What are their goals and outcomes? And that's what we call just for a basic getting from A to Z. Okay. You know, that, okay. that's what it, it amounts to. Well, I think we ask the patients a lot of times, too, what is your goal? Okay. If you want to be able to go out on your porch and sit out there and take your walker and sit on your porch and do that, what can we do to help you get to that point? So every every patient has different goals? Sure. And so, Okay. And so so it's, it's, it's not a, this is not objective, sort of like every patient's exactly the same. It's very, it seems to be very subjective, meaning oh. that like, it can change from patient to patient, mm-hmm. um, and it's based off of um, what they're saying. And so, um, and so, um, e- each day may be different, mm-hmm. um, and that will determine whether or not that person um, meets these goals. Okay? Absolutely. Okay. So, so Shannon, tell me what physical therapies involve. How do we measure those goals too? Let me start from kind of the beginning after the nurse goes in and does their assessment and they determine a need for physical therapy. Then they uh, send me the information. I go in and I'll do an evaluation on a patient. So that includes a lot of different things. Um, First of all, you know, we want to assess any pain they may be having, um, any difficulties that are new, if they're having trouble getting up from a bed, Mm. getting to the bathroom, uh, just walking in general 
or with your COPD patients, as we've been talking about that, they may have just poor endurance and they don't have the tolerance to walk to the kitchen to make breakfast. So we're going to assess their strength, their balance, their endurance, all those types of things and how that translates into their functional mobility around their home. So then we, based on the diagnosis, based on the patient's goals, the patient's needs, we develop our short-term and our long-term goals for Mm -hmm. that 60-day period. Uh, Physical therapy is required by the state of Texas to reevaluate every 30 days. Okay. So those goals can change every 30 days. Got it. Um, and like Rhonda said, at the end of the 60-day period, then we kind of reassess everything and make sure that, A, we're making some progress, and B, is there any progress left to be made? And then we'll go from there. Yeah. So it just seems, man, it sounds very tough. It's um, lots of moving parts. Because, you know, in the aging population, to see a significant goal um, sounds in my mind challenging, um, from somebody that, you know, has some type of chronic disease going on. When you're talking about somebody broke their hip, that may be real easy, but you have other things going on. That sounds really challenging. I don't know how you guys do this. Like, this is like, sounds really challenging. We have a lot of objective measures that we, you know, through special tests and types of things that we can measure. Um, what's normal through okay. research and what where this patient falls on that spectrum. Okay, So good. if they fall short of normal measurement, then we can say, okay, here's a deficit. Now it's my job to figure out how to make that more normal for them. Got it. Okay. Give me an example of, um, I, I've seen this one one thing, and I don't know if you use this, like one of those blue pads, and it's yeah. a balancing thing. They, 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 so it's a blue pad. I've seen... I've always wanted to try it, by the way. Oh. So I need to try it. You, you should. It, you so it's this blue pad, it. and it's like soft, cushy, almost like a pillow, but even denser. Yes. And and you stand on one foot yes. for a for a period of time. Mm-hmm. Is that would that be a measurable? So yeah, yeah, there okay. are actually tests that use that blue foam. Okay. Um, there's been lots of research on balance, yep. and um, so they've established what normal reactions on this blue foam could be. Got it. So we use the foam as a testing device, but also as a treatment device. Good. So what it does is it challenges the nerves in your joints and how that message is referred to your brain and how Mm -hmm. you react, your reaction time. It's also related to how strong you are. Sure. You know, things like that. If you're having pain, all those things contribute to how you may perform on a balance test. Got it. So we can use that as a measure, but also as a treatment to help improve that. Well, Okay. Well, all right. So you have this measurable task that's able to help kind of quantify. So, so if somebody is meeting these, then, then home health is, is done. Is that right? And if they're not, then, so tell me about what that looks like. If, what is the percentage of these goals to not meet, to, to meet that you determine what to do next? I would, I mean, with therapy, they meet goals more frequently probably than nursing. Okay. There's a lot of times uh, we may just not have the the caregivers in place certain to, to meet certain goals yeah. um, out of a disease process. There might be just things that they're just not ever going to really be able to do on their own. Yeah. And we have to reach out 
and get them help otherwise, you know, in other okay. ways. Sure, sure. So as an individual patient, maybe we're never going to be able to kind of to get to that goal. An easy one though is a wound. Oh yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, we, yeah. We, that's an easy goal sure. that we want that, that wound to heal right. without in, infection and, and yeah, complication. Yeah. Right. So it's, that's an easy one to just, you know, we're done. It's healed. So, um, yes and no, I would say therapy does, but with our geriatric population, mm-hmm. and I just did some, uh, statistical data on our, on our agency and our average age is 78 and that's okay. average. So that's not too, you know, right. Yeah. And so, you know, with therapy that gives them a bit of a hard time. I mean, we, we shoot good and we want, but it's also about, um, patients making the effort. Uh, we mm. have some that do not. And, um, those are going to be more of a possible discharge physical therapy per patient request. You know, maybe they're just like, I'm done with this, you know? Mm. Um, so those things happen, but, um, usually when we've set out the goal, we get there if we have all of, you know, we have a good participating patient, good participating caregivers, uh, we can get there. We usually will not make anything that is an unachievable goal at the beginning, sure. but things do change and they, you know, it can be caregivers that move out that were mm. caregivers. I mean, there's just so many things or she's working with a hip patient and I mean, Shannon and that patient at three weeks later comes down with the flu and then subsequently pneumonia. Well, that just put a damper on Shannon's goals. So, but what might happen is in that scenario is instead of being done at the, at the 60 day episode end, we're going to recertify that patient. We're going to keep her a little longer because she's had this setback. So there's just a, a lot of variables. There's Sounds. also um, cases where we don't meet a goal in physical therapy where it's been enough time that maybe the patient has plateaued hmm. or they've just maxed out at their potential. Okay. So then we as a team will discuss what can we do now that we've exhausted our therapy. Um, we may look at occupational therapy for a different aspect of okay. care. Or um, we may take a break for a while and see if that patient can continue the things that we've taught them on their mm-hmm. own mm. and continue to improve over time. So there are occasions when we do have to discharge without all of their goals completed. Gotcha. Okay. Hmm. So I guess you, you mentioned something and it was like in the brink of my tongue, but um, whenever they, so these 60 day episodes and if they, uh, what does it look like <clears throat> if they, um, if they go back to the hospital uh, or go to somewhere else. What is that? In, in like they're ten days in, they have a flu. Um, does that affect y'all? Does it affect the hospital? Talk to me a little bit about like what that what that looks like. I, I just hear these. You hear the rehospitalization. These and things. Yes, we are all measured. All home health. Yes. All um, hospitals. Um, there, it gets complicated into specific diagnosis when it comes to payment to okay. a hospital, but. That is just a big outcome that Medicare's been looking at now for over 10 years or more. I mean, been seriously looking at. Um, and so they gauge us. They look at our hospitalization rate. And I think Gretchen touched on that just a tick earlier. I mean, this, that is a huge goal for us to keep patients out of the hospital. Sure. And what you might see on a patient that got the flu, 
well, you know, we tried. I mean, it took us a little bit. I mean, we need to get them in. That's not something that we can administer in the home as a flu shot. I mean, a flu test. Got it. So sadly, you know, we can draw blood and do all kinds of things in the home and uh, but we can't do that. So we might have had to get her out, might have taken two or three days. By then she was very sick and sadly ended up in the hospital. Okay. Uh, where, but we're going to try everything in our power. But when that does happen, we transfer our patient um, and we let them sit off of the Medicare system as far as a billing. Okay. We do not bill anymore. And Medicare knows that because we have to open that billing window up for the hospital or uh-huh. for the rehab. Okay. So we just let them sit um, and we wait and we monitor them. So in, uh, so you can't, so if somebody gets the flu, they can't get the flu shot? We do the flu shot in the house. Or I mean, not the flu shot, but they can't, if somebody is... I feeling weak and stuff like they can't say can't check them and diagnose them in the home not in the home not a flu we do not do the flu test gotcha. they're okay. not available to us now okay. i know that a lot of places have actually been short on those i mean gotcha. a lot of your practitioners are knowing even now with the flu being very rampant what just they know off of what just symptoms you're having. Got it. Uh, where they're going to diagnose without being seen. Okay. Okay. So, I, I thought yeah. you were saying that they, they like um, while in home health, they can't be diagnosed for the flu. Yeah, they can yeah. be, okay. but not. We can't as nurses. Our nurses uh, don't yeah, do yeah, that yeah, in yeah. the yeah. home. Yeah, but they the can go to the doctor still sure. while yes, on home health and go. Some of our patients, as we talked earlier, sure. is hard to get them. That's there. right. Okay, mm-hmm. makes sense. And so this is where we'll have a couple of days where we're trying to, you know, get them either medication or get something yep. done, and you know, doctors are busy and yeah. we can't get them and. And well, I mean, so, unfortunately, now, some end up in the hospital, and makes we sense. hate that. But yeah. that's just a, and it happens. Um, that makes sense. But we don't like patients going or or, or sure. needing to go without something seriously. Nine one one. Right, right, right. That makes immedi- sense. Yes. Yeah. They need immediate care. Yeah. You guys want to be involved in that process sure. to kind of educate them on what what to do. That makes mm-hmm. sense. Um. So to pivot a little bit. Um. Talk to me a little bit. I've heard the this language about what it means to be either housebound or homebound or something that it that um, makes that patient eligible as well for home health because because they can't be doing everything outside of the home while on home health. Talk to me about that about that and how that's regulated. Yes, it's called homebound status, okay. and it, it's gotten a little more lenient than 15, 20 years ago. Okay. Um, basically, in just a very short way to put it, the patient has to have, it has to be a taxing effort for them to leave, and it needs to be infrequent. So, let's just talk about that. They are on a walker. The son has to come get them. Even if mom is going to get her hair done once a week. Right. That is okay. Okay. That's good. Son comes to get her. She has to go out on a walker. Right. Takes her a long time. She gets home from getting her hair done and has to take a nap for two or three hours. Mm -hmm. That's taxing. Okay. Okay. So they didn't, they used to say, oh no, if you can do that, you know, church. I mean, you know, we want patients to still be able to do these things. Go out to eat on one night every mm-hmm. now and then because the family sure. comes and gets them and they go get to sit at a restaurant. So you're mentioning yes. um, somebody helping them go 
to these different. Yes. So what if they did it on their own? What if we they have, have a car and we, they can there go? are a few. Okay. Um, it's going to be these patients are very narrow or very they they only make certain little trips. Yep. Maybe to go through the drive-through of a pharmacy. Got it. And if you watch them, and sometimes our therapists <laughs> help them. Like, just getting in and out, yeah. loading up their cane and their walker yeah. and getting behind the wheel. And oh my goodness, just to go up the road. Yeah. Um, you know, those things, I mean, because you're getting things that you need to live. You know, you're going through a pharma, you're getting a pharmacy. Yep. It would be, they go to their doctor every other day and they're at the walk-in. Right. Okay. If they can drive mm-hmm. and they can do that, then Medicare is going to say, well, then they can go and they could get the care that we're bringing to them. So you guys so, just, act, and because you guys mm-hmm. are, you can't, you're not observing them throughout each week, right? right? And so it's, so what kind of, what, how are you guys, you know, figuring all this out? Well, Usually you just listen to them. Okay. They'll yes. say, I went here, here, and here. And you're like, I'm sorry, you went where? Yeah. And then they start saying, well, I was able to go here. I went here. So then we'll kind of regroup and well, meet how did and you get, get together. Okay. Right. Yeah. Yes. Normally, we try on our initial visits, and Shannon does the same on on therapy. Uh, you know, nurses and therapists. That's a big. Our initial first visits are, are are a big thing. Yeah. And we really we talk, we look. Sometimes it it's so obvious because they. I mean, it take t- takes them five minutes to get out of the chair and go into the kitchen to get their medications, or they're right. you know physically, or they're so short of breath, sure. they can't. Yeah, the same thing. Getting something from the kitchen or going to, to show us around their house, they they can't even hardly you know do that without taking a rest period. Yeah. So those things are the obvious, and they are actual indicators. You know, a shortness of breath when walking a certain okay. distance, um, the use of certain devices. These are indicators that do make a patient homebound. Yeah. So even if we hear. You know, there there are times, you know, we do and we'll say, how did you get there? You know, we're in shock. But nine, most of them do not drive. And and that sure. could be also, a you know, the processes of memory yeah. and cognition as mm-hmm. we get older that play in, uh, you know, a, a great impact on a lot of our patients. Yeah. So it's not always even functional problems or breathing or pain. It's more of a cognitive um, where they just truly don't drive anymore. Makes sense. So, but but that used to be okay. I'll just not drive for six weeks. You know, it, that's not that doesn't work. Mm-hmm. You know, just because you don't drive, but yet you can run and you're you're mowing your lawn. Well, um, yeah, 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 sure, you're, sure. You're not homebound. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, so we have the opposite on that. We yeah. have them say, "Well, I'll just not drive." Yeah, because I love y'all coming. Uh, no, well, yeah, it doesn't it, really work that way. There's totally been so. some times where I've been at you know homes, and I know they have home health, and then I, I know they're not really driving. I'm like, this guy is. He's mowing his lawn. Yeah. He's got a sweat band and he's sweating and just like mowing his lawn and he's just going to grab his cane and walks in and yeah. I'm like, this seems awful. <laughs> you know, this doesn't seem right. <laughs> like, well, but we and, then, had, and I come in and like, like yeah, this. I think I need some light housekeeping. I was like, that's, that's yeah. not all you need, you know? So mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And, and yeah, and we're always watching that. Yeah. You know, I mean, our patients a lot of times start with a hip, and by the time Shannon's done, or even before they're, you know, we're really done, right? They're out and about, and I mm-hmm. mean, maybe doing a little more than they should, but it might be time that we have to say, oh, whoa, whoa. I mean, 
Yeah. Yeah. And we're so, not quite done, but we're going to have to let you go. Yeah. And it seems yeah. to be, you know, I mean, because obviously, you know, um, if we can be kind of honest here, right? You you want, you know, you want somebody to be better, but you also, you know, Absolutely. you want them, you know, you, you find value in the home health aspect of what they're doing too. And so I would imagine there's this balance of kind of going, being observant mm -hmm. of what's going on, being honest on y'all's notes, but also going, we really want to provide the care, but, but you're not doing these goals or you are doing these goals, you know? So talk to me about that balance, what that looks like. Oh my goodness. That's a lot of, of I know. a therapy thing, but yeah. I mean, there it, it's, it's, that's a constant changing every day, every patient. Cause I would just say, you know, yes. you, you, you drive over there once a week, you know, um, the grass is mowed and you know, they, they keep on saying, for instance, um, how they don't have any, you know, funds or something like that. I just would imagine that's just kind of this like, so tell me about how your grass is mowed. I mean, is that those questions that, that you're exactly asking? What happens. Okay. Okay. And, and we, we're all, so we communicate and, and, you know, having our full-time therapist yep. and our staff is huge because right. they talk amongst themselves. They talk with a the nurse, they reach out. And then we have clinical supervisors in the office and right. then myself so yes, usually the first one sees something and sure. there, and then we all start talking. Yeah. Okay. We start getting down to the bottom of it. I don't expect my clinicians in the field. They're out seeing patients to get deep into it, but there are times then where it comes to myself or the clinical supervisors and we start calling it contacts on their, Understood. you know, on the patient's information sheet yeah. and start reaching out maybe to a daughter, um, kind of just feeling, yes, where are we? I mean, should, you know, there's times that they found keys that were hidden yeah. and, and they weren't, I mean, there right. is no, they're, they're not, not, the doctor has said they are not ever to drive. They're not safe. Right. And the family didn't even know it. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of, of variables there. And I know Shannon sees her on her end too. I was just going to say as a therapist going into these patients house every week, you really get to know these people. Sure you do. And you learn to love them and they love you and yep. they don't want to see you go. Right. But it's my responsibility to provide a service. That's right. If I can no longer provide that service. Unfortunately, I can't be there. Right, right, right. Yeah. Yep. So we start from the beginning saying, these are your goals. Yep. Once these goals are met, I can't see you anymore. Right. But, you know, we want to achieve those goals. That's so right. That's that right. Is, that's yeah. Cool. I mean, you guys become these detectives, mm -hmm. you know, and that's a, that's a, not only are you guys providing a great service, great medical in, you know, to keep people in their homes safe and, and doing those great things, but you're, you know, also keeping Absolutely. up with regulations and making sure that, um, you know, compliance is done well. You guys are helping with, you know, and a lot of things on the back end is the community resources yeah. and the, just the talking to patients and families, you know, we want all our patients to get better, right. but when you're, you know, our average age is 78, that's yeah. 79, right? We teeter in between there. That's not always going to happen. Sure. So, I mean, we're there as shoulders to lean on education on hospice end yep. of life yeah. decisions yep. that need to be made yep. getting them with the right people sure saying the right things to them so that they know who to reach out to yeah. getting them more help by your company yep. you know because mom they're just not getting better sure trying to keep those keep them at home yep 
You know, that's that's what we all want to do as long as we can. Yeah. Well, and but, this time yeah, of year we do too, a lot. I was going to tell you too. At this time of year, it's a, I think that they acknowledge it more because yeah. their families come in town and they're sure. like, I had no idea that mom was still driving and she has no business driving at right, all. Right, right, right. Yep. Or I had no idea that mom wasn't fixing her own breakfast, that she can't get up, yep. that she hasn't been eating or that these things were happening. And until the family gets more involved, if they live out of town or they're not here, they don't understand that they're not functioning the same anymore. Sorry. And that's where we come into play a lot too, where they'll call over the holidays and they're like, I was just here for the week. Yeah. I had no idea it was to this point. That's right. You know, and then we step in. Yeah. You know, and help them at that point also. So that's kind of the flip side of when you say they're kind of doing their own thing sometimes. Yep. But then there's the ones that won't tell that they're not able to do it. And that's until right. their family comes in and realizes that, then we step into something that's a, that's a totally different ballgame. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So, we are. They, you, yeah. My clinicians really do become their family. That's right. right. I mean, they really are. Yep. And honestly, for a lot of sons, daughters, yep. fa- other their true family members, a, a very important resource. Mm-hmm. They have to I mean, they don't even us. ask. Totally. I know even Shannon has done this and mine. You know, every, I mean, can you just, when you drive in your car and you leave mom, just just call me. I promise I won't take much of your time. I know mm-hmm. you're busy. Just let me know. Let me know how she's doing. Mm-hmm. You know, they might only live in Dallas. Right. But it's, you know, it, it, it it's an extension for them. Mm-hmm. To Absolutely know their is. Parents, they're, they're okay. Yep. At least those little bit that we can go see them. Yeah, what a great value. Okay, so um, we could spend probably uh, 20 more hours. Um, but uh, for y'all's time, if you guys just, if there's something that you'd like to spend just a couple minutes, if there's anything else that, hey, I wish, you know, this public, you know, which mm-hmm. Falls needs to know about, um, loved for y'all to mention that. Anything else, a myth or anything that we haven't really hit on that you wanted to? I think one thing to know is, like you said, the reason for this podcast is to educate, to give you the knowledge. You know, if anything you come out of this is pick the phone up. You know, if mom or dad are getting of age, it's just time to know what resources are out there right. before you're standing in the hospital and they're trying to discharge them and you're thinking, I don't know what I'm going to do. Um, and yeah. know that, you know, home health yep. is paid for. If they have the true traditional Medicare, which most will, yep. um, 100%. This yep. doesn't cost a dime. Yep. And most all have a doctor. If they don't, call. Right. Okay. Let us help. I think that's another thing. I get so many calls, like I said earlier. Pick the phone up. Yep, totally. And make notes on what and how often and what we do. And the myth behind us is I need somebody to come stay with mom. Yeah. Okay, so how often will y'all be there? So we'll, so if, if okay, so if your physical therapist stays 45 minutes and then the nurse, so that's, you know, Two and a half. No, no, that's that's not that's not enough. Yeah. You know, and then you throw in an aid. They're trying to book us where we're there as oh, yeah. more of an hourly service sure. and a companion service. Sure. Mm-hmm. And that's where you come into yeah, play. It but, is. but we we give out your number. Yeah. You know, we, we start saying, give Derek a call yeah. or, you know, let's get this where totally. you, know, you can have both. That's right. You know, totally. Use is. it yep. all. Yep. That's right. Um, and we have a lot of veterans. Yep. And so you do a lot of help with them and finding the resources, knowing before it's 
Totally. It's time. It's, you know, you're stressed anyway at that moment. And then 100%. you don't even know where to turn. Yeah, so. that's right. And, and Shannon, just real quick, like in my mind, as we were kind of thinking, I was like, you know, r- rarely, I mean, there's this slip, right? There's the uh, ice falling, boom, that happens. But I can't imagine that. Oh, that's not the whole story. A lot of times I would imagine and help me if I'm wrong, but is there these what it would it look like if could they have this physical therapy and home health before they have this general weakness that continues to fall and then all of a sudden then then their balance is done and then then they fall you know like i surely like if somebody was paying attention and seeing these different things they could have made this phone call prior to falling and now having this gigantic break and now the all the things well i'm a fall could happen to anyone. I mean, That's right. It could yes. happen to you. Yeah, 100%. Yes. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, if there is a noticeable weakness because of just aging, the aging process, yeah. that is something that we can go in, we can assess their strength and how that affects their balance. Yeah. Um, I can think of patients who may be having some declining cognition mm. who aren't aware of their safety. Yeah. And so they put themselves in positions where they're more at risk for falling. Yeah. So those are types of things we can go in and try to educate them on so that, that we can prevent a fall in the future. Totally. That's good stuff. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Gretchen, anything from you? I just would like to say that as we were, as Rhonda was saying yeah. earlier, if someone says, I'm not for sure if they meet criteria, call us. Let oh, us determine good. that. Let that's us figure good. out what we need to do. Um, they don't understand that, like we said, the flu, we want to make sure it doesn't turn to pneumonia. Yeah. If you've noticed that they're just strange behavior within a week or two and they're acting odd, is it a UTI? Is there more stuff that we can come in and check and have those things? Or if they're having the urinary tract infections every month, what's going on? What's the cause of that? Yep. How can we help them stay in their home safely? And if you don't know for sure, please call us. That's good. Ask those questions even if you're not for sure if they are going to meet the criteria, we will determine that. That's awesome. Well, thank y'all so much. Thank you. Shannon, Gretchen, and Rhonda, we are grateful for what you do in this community. It means a, it means a ton. Thank you. really does. Thank you very much. This is a goal of ours every day is, yep. you know, to provide the best service, but also to educate and As make sure people. that the public and the, the people out there know these things before it's, it's on them. That's and right. they're Absolutely. scared and they're nervous and yep. they don't know where to turn. So I, I'm very grateful for you and taking the time with us today. Oh, man, it's an honor. Okay. Y'all have a great day. Thanks so much. You too. Thank you. For being with us. And uh, this is episode 11, Dressing the Elephant. I wish I found you. I wish I found you. I wish I found you. I wish I found you.